a wild heart tea of queenliness. Gather a child's handful of lavender flowers, a grace of fallen rose petals, the tiniest of tiniest touches of comfrey root, a zing of ginger, and two marigolds. Steep them all in a pot of nettle that has been gathered under the moon's direction just the night before. Thicken with the merest bit of licorice. And as you stir the ingredients together, sing to them. Sing the brightest song of joy that is in your heart and blend it with the deepest song of sorrow that lives there too. Pour it all into the tea like you would draw up water from a special well. Stir and sing, sing and stir. Sunwise or moonwise, it matters not only that you stir and sing, sing and stir. Have your favourite mug ready. Try to create a quietness around you with no artificial disturbances. Drop a silver teaspoon worth of the blended tea into a small cotton bag. Let your intuition guide your hand on the mix to use each time. You are a part of this creating after all. Maybe what sings from your wild heart is a different type of queenliness, a different type of ingredient. Fill the kettle with exactly the right amount of spring water, water that you have collected yourself. When the water has boiled, just for a moment leave it so it may find its own settling. Then carefully pour it over your cotton bag of tea in your favourite mug and let it rest for a wee while. A handful of minutes or however long it needs, so it may know of itself and begin to weave about you. Then, and only then, can you offer it a queen bee-sized drop of raw honey. Take your time. Cradle the mug in your hands. Let it warm them, but don't burn your pretty fingers. Slowly inhale the smell of it. Exhale with an enormous sigh of relief, of release, of relax. Let go of everything that has burdened you. Curl up in a space that feels nurturing if you can. It is completely okay if not. But again, let the, the tea wrap itself about you. Take your time as you taste from that very first sip. Begin to follow the trail of a story that this very first sip might conjure to mind. As you close your eyes, let the story that the tea manifests envelop you, hold you, carry you, open you to the medicines that are right there exactly for you, calling out to the queenliness of your wild heart. What story do you think might be there? 
Once upon a time, a time of many times and no times, there was a beautiful, beautiful queen. She would sit at her window and look out over the vast queendom that she was queen of, and she would smile as she heard the bright laughter of children playing in the streets, the grunt and groaning of men hard at work, content, glad to be able to provide for their precious families. She was known throughout the land for being a fair and just queen, one of integrity and grace. Though at times she could be a little fierce, when the two parts of her came together, she would glide through the halls and there would be ripples of rose petals where she had trod. But sometimes she would catch a glint in her mirror, a magic mirror, yes, but not a dark mirror. A mirror that would show her nonetheless those little parts of her that felt sad or where her heart was heavy with grief. And when she looked out of her window, she would see the tiniest fragment and glimpses of the same heavy, sad place in other women. But she didn't know how to reach them, didn't know how to communicate. She was the queen after all, and it must never do that a queen would speak with her subjects about such things. Ah, but that was a part of it. She didn't see these people that she shared her life with as subjects. They were the same as her. People, beings, beautiful, loved, filled creatures. But still, there was this heavy place. And she could see in this mirror for hers, there was a tiny keyhole there. So there was clearly a way to access it. But however much she searched and scrambled and looked under the bed and in the cupboards and on top of the wardrobe, of course there was no key to be found. Now, close by, in another village, there was a woman who could see many things but spoke of them not that often. She knew exactly what was happening with the Queen. She felt it. She didn't have all the answers to everything, but in her own quiet, subtle, gentle way, she knew how to approach such things. She sat in her pantry on her little wooden stool, a rickety but still solid and firm, grooved gently into the shape of her stool. So she could find her place and sit and look at all the things that were on those wide wooden shelves. She would tap her fingers against her lips and against her chin and she would ponder on these things and she would get a sniff for um, for those little bits of dried lavender. They would work nicely with rose petals that are scattered by feet. And, and maybe a tiny, tiny touch of comfrey root and a, a zing of ginger and perhaps a marigold, two marigolds. Not too much and maybe to steep them in a pot of nettle that had been gathered under the moon just the day before. Yeah. It needed maybe just a a bite of licorice to sweeten and thicken it and centralise it a little more. She smelt it. Tasted it. It was just right. Almost just right. At the last moment, she changed her mind and put in the tiniest B-size queen bee-sized drop of raw honey, and there it melted. 
melted into the heart of it. She almost fancied she could see the shape of a key there on the surface of the tea that she had brewed. She checked carefully in the cupboard for just the right two mugs that would sit there in the palm of the hand and nourish with the weight of them. She poured the tea as it cooled into these mugs, gathered her skirts and her basket and a little dog chirping behind her, for it was the kind of little dog that made a noise that sounded like a chirp. It didn't really growl or bark, and wagged its tail and had bright whiskers. It was almost cat-like more than dog-like. Perhaps it was a hybrid of the two. Who knew in these types of villages? Determinedly, the woman walked with a funny little familiar down through the lanes. Many called out and said hello to her, but she was quiet in her response. She didn't need to shout about her being. It shone brightly before her as she trod and she marched up to the castle, up through the different rooms and banqueting halls and the people busy with all kinds of schemes and plans and plotting. The woman came to a stop before a self-important door, put down her basket, told her little familiar to hush, to sit patiently and wait, and she knocked three times upon the door in three short raps. The Queen was startled out of her reverie. It wasn't often that people came and knocked on her door. She opened it, was delighted to see this woman there and with her mugs, who just said to her, hello. And she handed one of the mugs to the Queen and it did indeed sit comfortably in the Queen's hand and it did indeed nourish and comfort her with the weight of it. She smelt this wonderful rich concoction and she touched the mug to her lips and tasted of this wonderful rich concoction and it soothed her. But she wasn't sure if it was the mixture of the tea or this woman that soothed her. And so the Queen beckoned the woman in, invited her to come sit. No, said the woman. No, the Queen was not used to this. No, she was saying no to the Queen. No, the woman said it again to make it just so and clear. Come with me, she went on, and bring the mug. Queen. The Queen was delighted, for this was somebody speaking to her in a new way, in a different way, seeing more than just the title of the Queen. And so they walked down into the town, but further beyond to a place the Queen knew of but had never really been before. There was another woman there, and another, and the Queen beckoned them and said, Come, please come, sit, sit with us share my tea and so they did these four no five no six six women seven women sitting there sharing around this mug of rich tea and the women weren't really speaking simply sitting with each other the queen started to feel that this heaviness in her was getting lighter. She wasn't sure what it was that was making it happen, but she did definitely feel 
lighter. She began to have an idea brewing in place of where it had been heavy, looked about her, started to gather the ingredients needed to make a small fire in the centre of these women. She began to tell tales that she had heard whispered about the halls of the castle and the palace and the posh gardens, but also the murmurs of the river as she had stood on the bridge on the bright sunny morning. The woman who had brought her tea started to speak too of how she would pick her herbs at certain times and how she would sit on a little stool that was a bit rickety but moulded to her shape and she would listen to these herbs and to the flowers and to the spices and notice what they wanted to say and how they wanted to dance together and how they wanted to sing into another's throat. Slowly, more women started to gather around this fire. Other things, pots, pans, stools, mugs started to appear and be left in the space. Then a big boiling cauldron and a little rag of herbs and spices. Then a table too were left there. All these things started to be gathered as more and more women came to join in this place. And here, more and more spoke of the part inside them that they couldn't always quite reach. It felt heavy. But they likened they could sometimes see it in the embers of the fire as their evenings together came to end. For we all must rest and tend to the day-to-day activities. They would see just the glimmer of a key that seemed to fit into that place of heaviness and sadness and soften it, lighten it for a while. The gathered women would go back into their day and tend with their children and their husbands and their farms and their gardens and their shops. They would carry with them in their breath, their belly, deep in their womb, this feeling of being. Of a being with a beauty and a love and a knowing, but mostly, mostly an understanding. They didn't need to speak posh words. They didn't need to have highbrow ideas. It didn't matter if the hem of their skirt was dirty and they hadn't quite cleaned up the chip nail varnish or covered the grey in their hair. And it didn't matter if they wanted to wear the brightest lipstick or their poshest green shoes. It didn't matter if they wanted to show off their new dress or wear the same one they'd worn for every year of their life. None of it mattered when they sat and gathered round the fire with their heavy mugs of nourishment and their slowly opening heart. A curious thing began to happen. It wasn't that more women gathered around this fire. It wasn't that their fierceness and their grace came to sit together in such a beautifully harmonious and strong way, though this did, of course, occur. It was that as each woman left, journeyed further away, She would take her mug of nourishment with her and share it with a new group of women and a new circle would start and she was queen of that gathering. Then from there, one of the other women would pass on the mug to another group of women and she would be queen of another one until the most marvellous thing came to be. That wherever anyone went in this time of many times and no times, wherever they went in the world, every woman that was met was a queen of a fierce
from this story that the tea has manifested. What word might be the beginning of a medicine trail for you? And where might it lead you? And can you stay for a time as the word from the story guides you further and deeper on? Pause here for a moment if you need to. As you are taken by the hand and you explore these perhaps new or perhaps old possibilities. After the drinking and the story and the trail following, give the tea remains back to the earth with a little prayer of gratitude. It never need be more than a freely given breath. Don't think on it too hard. Let your wild heart guide your act. Your cotton tea bag is reusable. Simply give it a rinse through in hot water and when you are ready at some point to begin again, it's there. But don't be in a rush. And don't forget to cherish the friendship of your favourite mug. Let the medicine trail that we might have followed continue to meander about you at present. Drink in its richness and notice where it tangles you in its thorns and brambles. Notice where it holds you fast and refuses to let you go. And where in other places it smoothly guides you on. When you are ready, thank it and carry on your way, knowing that it is now indelibly marked on your path.